Hi, I'm Clayton Molyneux, and you're listening to the Startup Foundations Builder Newsletter. So unless you've been living on Mars, and well, frankly, with the media coverage, even then, you'd probably still know about it, you probably understand that we're currently in a COVID-19 pandemic. Now, this is forcing a lot of people to have to work remotely from home or from anywhere else other than their office. And for a lot of people and a lot of companies, it's the first time that they've had to have so many people working remotely. And I hear a lot of things being spoken about around remote culture at the moment. And I really wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, you shouldn't make a bet on remote culture. I don't like that term remote culture specifically. And although we're in a pandemic at the moment, there's already been an epidemic for a long time around remote working, and that is the loneliness epidemic. So let's talk about the importance of not falling into the trap of building a remote culture, but rather how your business or your startup in particular can help fix the loneliness epidemic. So conjure this image in your mind. Our old friend Tom Hanks, who happens to be holed up in a Queensland hospital at the moment with COVID-19 himself, him and his wife, Rita. So let's hope that they get well. But imagine Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway. His character, remember, barely covered in ragged clothing, stranded on this deserted island with nobody to talk to except for that inanimate little friend, Wilson, his volleyball. Well, that's what comes to my mind when I hear companies spouting about their amazing remote culture. You know, I mean, who really wants to encourage remoteness as some type of culture? Really don't make that mistake for yourself. It's common, I mean, even smart for aspiring entrepreneurs to model their young startups on companies like GitLab or Buffer. Uh, Building fully distributed teams and avoiding tying up precious cash on office space and other associated costs, that makes perfect sense. But just be careful and strike that term remote culture from your startup or business's lexicon immediately. Because adopting this term as a pinup icon uh, or a pinup culture icon especially from the outset for your business and all its resulting connotations, it's a mistake, I believe, that's hard to pull back from in the future. And in fact, it may even impact the health of your staff. Why? Well, there's a good chance that you're not going to be a fully distributed company forever. Certainly during the current crisis, if you're not a remote company now, if you don't have remote workers, then it's likely that eventually you'll probably go back to working the way you always have been. But even companies that start out fully distributed are not going to be that way forever in my experience. As your company grows, there are reasons that establishing offices and having centers of gravity, as I like to call them, where people work from can make sense. Now, sometimes it's because your brand equity is just swelling so much in a certain region. You're inundated with applications from people who, in a particular city, they just want to come and work for you. And sometimes it's because you need a physical presence to compete with competitors um, or even collaborate with, with big enterprise partners. You know, they expect you to have a physical place to come to, to be able to work together. Sometimes it's just because you, you actually start to have teams and roles in the business that just function better being together in an office. And that's not something to be ignored. That doesn't mean that it's wrong or right. Sometimes functions just work better when they're together in a physical office. So don't discount that. And so if you've been riding that whole remote culture train the whole time, it's a tricky juxtaposition to manage when you do end up having people that work in offices too. So that term that I hate so much, the term remote culture, culture. I'm doing air quotes. I know you can't see me, but trust me, 
remote culture, it only exacerbates the, the very issues that are faced by distributed teams. It's, it's that kind of Tom Hanks visual all over again. Banging on about remote culture really only reinforces the remoteness of it all. Remote, you know, which is akin to being alone and to loneliness. It's not the foundational culture that you want to build your business on. When Buffer surveyed 1,900 people working remotely around the globe in their 2018 State of Remote Work report, the number one struggle identified from those people was loneliness. Equal first, I must say, with collaborating and communication, which is obviously pretty closely related. In a similar survey uh, by Al Labs in 2017, uh, they determined that staying in the loop and maintaining relationships as being remote employees' biggest challenges. Again, not a big leap between staying in the loop, maintaining relationships, and linking those back to the feelings of loneliness. Essentially, reinforcing the concept of remote as your main culture bet, it, it feels very counterintuitive. Um, and supporting this, uh, you know, it, it feels like it's supporting this main issue faced by people who work remotely, and that's being lonely. So we don't want to continue reinforcing the remoteness uh, of the culture when loneliness is actually the main issue that they face. Now, of course, it's not only remote workers who are drained by uh, loneliness or are affected by loneliness. Many adults suffer from feeling lonely. In fact, a report by Cigna, the pharmaceutical company, in 2018 made a bold conclusion that loneliness is at epidemic levels in America. And worryingly, I'd say, it identified Gen Z, that's adults of around 80, 18, I should say, to 22 years in age, it identified them as the most lonely generation. Now, why do I say that is a worryingly fact or a worrying fact? Well, because Gen Z are probably going to be the next wave of people entering your business. They're going to be the next wave of people entering the professional workforce. So the next support person or product manager or content writer, developer, designer that you hire in a remote capacity particularly is most likely going to be a Gen Z. So one who's already suffering, potentially at least suffering feelings of loneliness. Now try, imagine trying to motivate them, uh, somebody who's already feeling lonely into bringing them into a company where the remote culture is promoted, uh, you know, I just don't think that's going to gel. Don't do it. Don't talk to them about remote culture if they're already feeling lonely. Another recent study by Swinburne University here in Australia also noted that chronic loneliness was on the rise in Australia, with one in four Australians identifying as feeling lonely. So I guess uh, throwing another shrimp on the barbie only helps so much, so it seems. But both these studies and many others also cite the now well, well understood link between physical and mental health and how it does uh, or it is negatively impacted by loneliness. In fact, the Swinburne, Swinburne University study summarized it nicely in this sentence, lonely Australians have significantly worse physical and mental health than connected Australians. Simple as that. So let me frame this for you. Maybe the most tech-savvy generation yet, of which there are around 61 million Gen Z in the US, they're on the cusp of entering the workforce. They're ripe for hiring by you and your remote culture startup, uh, but they've also been identified as the loneliest generation in a time where research suggests that loneliness is a massive contributor to poor physical and mental health. Well, you know, that sounds like a recipe for success, doesn't it? No, it doesn't at all. But in fact, it's a predicament which is going to have costly outcomes for a lot of businesses. Certainly, poor physical and mental health impacts productivity and performance 
which in a startup in particular will be quickly reflected in the top line. Now, add additional spending on support and programs internally, plus the cost of staff attrition, and it quickly becomes a bottom line issue too. That's without even factoring a lot of potential social costs like healthcare and insurance as examples. Former United States Surgeon General Vivek Murthy, he made the link in a great article in the Harvard Business Review in 2017. It was titled Loneliness and the Digital Workplace. And he came to a number of conclusions, but most pointedly uh, were these three. Number one, workers who are lonely are unhealthy. Number two, modern digital work styles are inadvertently contributing to loneliness. And the third, loneliness in the workplace is costly. In the article, Murthy goes on to say, If we cannot rebuild strong, authentic social connections, we will continue to splinter apart in the workplace and in society. We will retreat to our corners angry, sick and alone. But he does advocate for companies to lead the charge for change. And as he says in his words, quote, take action now to build the connections that are the foundation of strong companies and strong communities. Douglas Nemesek, who's the Chief Medical Officer for Behavioural Health at Cigna, he sets down the same challenge. He says, there is an inherent link between loneliness and the workplace with employers in a unique position to be a critical part of the solution. But to cultivate this strong, healthy and somewhat future-proof culture that supports a distributed workforce, I really think that you need to put a stake in the ground on building an amazing, what I like to call, relationship culture, not a remote culture. So do this relationship culture right from the start, from the beginning of your business if you're still there. Let me talk a little bit about relationship culture. Instead of reinforcing remoteness and potentially amplifying issues faced by those remote folks, tackle it head on. When working remotely, people can feel lonely and isolated. We know that. So correct it by being purposeful in driving relationships in everything you do in your company. Companies like GitLab and Buffer, they're successful with their fully distributed workforce because they've already learned this lesson and they actively practice it. From a post on GitLab's blog in 2018 in October, which was titled The Case for All Remote Companies, they wrote this. The biggest disadvantage to remote working is that isolation can set in if there isn't a concerted effort to create a social connection between people. In September, or in a September blog post titled The Joys and Benefits of Working as a Distributed Team, uh, Joel Gascoigne, who's the Buffer CEO, he also pointed out something similar. He said, in order to have deliberate face-to-face time together to bond and have fun, we have regular team-wide Buffer retreats each year where we gather the full team and we hold mini retreats throughout the year for smaller teams. Now, did you hear those words, concerted and deliberate? You know, these companies aren't just banking on a remote culture by happenstance. They're they're not just sort of uh, flailing along, building this amazing remote culture. They're being purposeful about building relationships to enable an effective remote workforce. As it turns out, perhaps they're also playing a part in improving the loneliness epidemic. You know, imagine the impact we could have or we could affect if we all, with some influence in our startups, decided to prioritize relationships to combat loneliness. We could seriously improve the lifestyle of an entire generation, of that Generation Z. So you want in on this? Well, here's a couple of key tenets that I subscribe to, and uh, I I would recommend adopting them in order to begin building the strong sense of a relationship culture in your startup. So by building these strong bonds of trust and respect, passion and transparency, honesty and empathy, you'll cultivate this concept of a relationship culture, which empowers remote working. Do you see the difference? Relationship culture is what you're cultivating. 
and you're empowering people to work remotely. This is different to building a remote culture, which has connotations of loneliness. Now, by the way, by cultivating this relationship culture and empowering remote working, it doesn't matter that it's uh, empowering people that are working remotely. It's also empowering people whether they're working in an office or working in an office and sometimes working at home. All of these are, are realistic scenarios that your business is probably going to evolve to within uh, the coming years. I, I truly believe that most people will have this sense of a blended uh, work scenario or the way that they work will be blended a little bit between remote and in an office, particularly uh, post-COVID-19. Now, when you have those bonds in place, when you, uh, you where you physically work from, it, it really is less important. Being remote or in an office doesn't personify uh, the people that work for your company, and it certainly doesn't really become the feature of your culture. It's more simply just a utility of, of how you get stuff done. Now, if you put all this in place, if you think about this, then just maybe your business starts contributing to the health and well-being of many young adults that are facing this increasing battle against loneliness, and that is a culture icon that you can be proud of. Thanks for listening. Did this episode raise some questions for you? Or do you have some insight to share? Make sure you join in the discussion by going to startupfoundations.substack.com. You can find this episode and as a paid subscriber, you can start or contribute to the online discussion. You can also email me directly anytime at clayton at mxgrowth.com. I read every email and I love getting emails from my readers and listeners. Thanks so much. We'll see you again next time.